BYU Cougar basketball is back in action. Yoli Childs drives and dumps. Nasty. Let's get you ready to root on the boys in blue. Long three, Haas. Yes! <laughs> TJ Haas! This is Cougar Pregame Live. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our live coverage of BYU basketball begins with Cougar Pregame Live. To lead things off, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU basketball fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Tonight, the BYU Cougars return home to host the Waves of Pepperdine. BYU looking to bounce back from last Saturday's loss to Pacific in Stockton. The Cougars fell to the Tigers by a point, 67-66. to It was certainly a game where BYU had its chances, but they couldn't shake Pacific. Ended up taking the L on the road. Elijah Bryant single-handedly kept BYU in that game, scored 29 points points, which tied his season high. Yoli Child struggled in the first half, scoring only one point, but came on strong in the final 20 minutes. He finished the game with 13. The Cougars' conference record evened out at 2-2. Two and two. They are now 13-4 and four overall. Now, on the other side of things, Pepperdine Waves, they've really been struggling mightily. They haven't won a WCC game this season. They are 0-4. They are just 3-13 and 13 overall on the season. With all of that said, Pepperdine has had some success against BYU. The Waves have won four straight in Malibu, which is why it's good this game is being played in Provo. BYU has won all but one of the games played at the Marriott Center since joining the conference in uh, 2011. Now, tonight's player interview is with junior guard McKay Cannon. Cougar fans are obviously well aware of his story and how he was cleared to play prior to the UVU game by the NCAA after transferring from Weber State. He started out scoring the ball at a very high level, but those numbers have cooled off a bit, and one of the reasons for that may be the fact that he's looking to facilitate others more than looking for his own shot. We talked about that and other things after practice. Here's our conversation. All right, McKay, I'm actually really excited to be able to talk to you. I've been waiting a couple of weeks to finally get you on the pregame show. You're one of the last guys that I have uh, have been able to talk to this season. Uh, So first and foremost, thanks for doing this. I want to backtrack a little bit because I haven't had a chance to talk to you, but what have the last couple of weeks, the last month and a half been like for you? I've got to imagine it's been pretty crazy. It has been crazy. A lot of unexpected changes and a lot of good things, obviously, that have uh, come into my life. Um, First off, being able to compete with my teammates this year has been incredible. I'm grateful for that waiver. And just from the beginning, it's been been crazy, just a success that we've had as a team. And, uh, I mean, obviously, this season's a roller coaster, and we experienced a tough one this last week, but we're looking to rebound, and that's the plan. So how has it been walking around campus? Are you recognized a little bit more than maybe you were before? <laughs> you know what? I do a good job of blending in. I'm, I'm still that short six-foot kid, so I can get away with it. You mentioned the loss at Pacific. For you personally and then the team as a whole, you guys haven't had to deal with a lot of losses this year so far. So how do you personally handle a loss moving forward, and how has the team done moving forward from that? I think we've done a great job. Um, honestly, we try to put it behind us. The coaches do a great job of reminding us of the things that we need to improve on and the things that um, we didn't do a good job of um, in our losses. And um, We're just looking to move on from them and, and learn um, what we can do to improve. And Coach Schroyer was just talking to the general media, and he brought up something that was interesting, and he was talking about the ability to make adjustments, whether it's on the fly, whether it's at halftime. How do you guys think you have done making adjustments to what the opposition does against you? I think that's it's a work in progress, obviously. Um, I think we've 
we've been we have we have a system that's been instilled in us the last what six months and um, when we work on those little tweaks it's, it's an adjustment for us because we've been just uh, working so hard on the things that we've done and obviously schools uh, know what we're doing and they make adjustments and we got to do a better job of adjusting to our uh, our system that's already in place because we can't just keep drilling drilling and going along a long way because people are going to make adjustments and we got to do a good job of listening to our coaches and um, executing what they want us to do. Have you noticed that more once you got into conference, maybe even more than, than the non-conference schedule, just because of the familiarity with everybody? I would say so, yeah. Um, obviously, the stakes are higher once you get to conference play. Everyone knows each other and um, the system. And I mean, you have a lot of games to look look at when you're scouting teams. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely uh, we've seen a big adjustment that way. What about for you personally? How is the on-the-court game gone for you? It seems like, at least as of, as of lately, there's been a little more facilitating as opposed to f- trying to find your own shot. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, um, I think that's something I need to do a better job of is being aggressive when the opportunities are at, presented. And that's something i got to do a little bit better of because uh, I think a lot of times I'm just trying to get everyone involved and I forget about myself. And um, when I'm aggressive, I think our team's at our best. You think that's, you mentioned, you think when you're aggressive, you're playing at a higher level. Do you think that's something that's missing right now as a whole is maybe some of that aggressiveness? Uh, personally, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things as a team that we we got to improve on, and uh, it's something I can do for my team because um, when I'm passive, I'm, I'm one-dimensional, and that's easy to guard, so i got to do a better job of um, making sure people respect me that way. How confident in your shot are you? Because, I mean, I look at you take that shot, that look in your eyes. Every single time you shoot, you think that thing's going down. How, how confident are you in, in your shot? I'm very confident. This year, um, I mean, I, I trust the work that I put in this offseason. I've had a lot of shots, and um, when, when I shoot, I'm, I'm hoping it's going down. I'm expecting it to go in. What type of uh, training do you do? Because obviously there's, there's the stuff that happens at practice and with the team. What are the things that maybe you work on by yourself that, that you've kind of zeroed in on and say, you know, this is, this is something that really works for me? Um, honestly, I've worked a lot with Lee Kamard. He was huge for me this summer, and it's been a little bit tougher, honestly, with school and the season to get that extra work in, but I need to do a better job of that. But, I mean, just with him working on the system, coming off ball screens, um, working on different looks that defenses may give me, and, and just getting a lot of reps up uh, with my shot, at least. This game against Pepperdine, Coach Rose was talking about the fact that the waves are very similar to the Tigers, very similar in what they do, personnel, those types of things. Does it help to have just played a team that has a similar style? I'd say so, yeah. And I think more than anything, coming off a loss, um, we're, we're hurt. We want to, I mean, we're looking forward to just getting on the court again to kind of redeem ourselves. And so more than anything, I think the loss uh, helps us in regards to having our swagger back and just having us locked in a little bit more. This is a pretty confident team, though, regardless, even though you're coming off a loss. I mean, I get that sense when I'm around you guys. You guys are still very confident. And, and quite frankly, I mean, you're still a very good basketball team. Yeah, you lost a game, but that doesn't change the fact that it's still a really good team. Exactly. I mean, if you really look at it, we're two possessions away from being 4-0. Um, obviously, that, that didn't happen, so we got to learn from it. But the season's its a roller coaster. <laughs> I don't think people understand the highs and lows that go, um, the day-to-day stuff. And it's just a long season. You can't be perfect. Uh, if you're expecting it to be perfect, you're, you're crazy. So, I mean, we got to improve and do a better job because there's things that we need to improve on. And, and it's just a mentality. Every day we're just going to keep getting a little bit better. Okay, great stuff. Uh, good luck against Pepperdine. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
All right, that was McKay Can. I really like McKay. No, it's not just uh, it's not just because he's one of the guys that I come a little bit closer to being able to look right in the eye when I'm talking to him. And and by the way, when he said one of those short six foot guys that can blend in, I'm like, yeah, short six feet. I would kill to be a short six feet. Uh, but this is a guy as we saw. I mentioned everybody knows his story. First of all, it's a great story, being able to have his the waiver um, or have it his transfer wave be able to play comes out against uvu has a really nice game has a really good game at utah state and as i mentioned not necessarily looking for his shot as much looking to get others involved but make no mistake um when he wants to shoot and when he wants to get a shot as he was talking about being a little bit more aggressive maybe he needs to do that when he gets an opportunity to shoot uh, this is a guy that can score and uh, is a really good guy uh in terms of the team concept everybody loves the kid so uh this is i, I was really glad as i mentioned at the beginning of the interview to be able to talk to him because I've been trying to get him over the last couple weeks and it just hasn't worked out. So it's great we were able to uh, uh, to hook up and, and be able to get that pregame interview tonight. All right, coming up next, we will head to the Marriott Center for our courtside conversation. Mark Durant will join us on the other side. This is Cougar Pregame Live getting you ready for the Cougars and the Waves on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Counting you down to tip-off with Cougar Pregame Live. 75-66, a psych attack in Provo. Now, let's rejoin your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Getting you ready for the Cougars and the Waves. BYU back at the Marriott Center tonight, hosting Pepperdine, looking to bounce back from their loss Saturday in Stockton against the Pacific Tigers. Let's head over to the Marriott Center. It's our courtside conversation with the one and only Mark Durant. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? That's the question. How are you? You know what? I am living the dream. I have no complaints whatsoever. You do have a pretty good life. Man. I do. I'm not you. complaining. That was not uh, hyperbole. I, I'm, I'm being legit here. Uh, so, now, we all can't, you know, be Mark Durant. We can't have that life. But I'm feeling pretty good about what I've got. Um, let's talk about something that maybe we are not so pleased with, and that was the loss at Pacific. Certainly, BYU, it, it's not the outcome that they wanted. But uh, I don't know if we want to go with the DEFCON levels or anything like that. But overall, your concern level after the loss at Pacific. Well, I don't know that I'm concerned. I'm just a little disappointed. I, I had hoped that uh, this team, you know, watching them play, were not going to be susceptible to those types of losses that we've kind of become accustomed to the last few years. And So, I, I mean, it, it, it kind of surprised me a little bit, and I was uh, disappointed by it. But, I mean, the reality is BYU's a good team, but they've got vulnerabilities. They, they you know, their perimeter shooting is not great. Uh, and you know, I I don't for for whatever reason, who knows why teams come out flat? They they dug themselves a little bit of a hole, and when you when you do that, you're just it's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire, and you you maybe you win, maybe you lose, but you lose a lot of control when you let a team uh, jump out to a lead on you have to claw back. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I, I don't know that it's the end of the world for BYU. It may be the end of their conference hopes. That's not. It's hard to say that so early, but just knowing St. Mary's and Gonzaga like I do, I mean, they just don't make too many mistakes. And so it's a real uphill battle, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because if you know if you can make a shot against St. Mary's and you get get that last-second shot against uh, 
Pacific, then, uh, I mean, it's a whole world of difference. It's a whole different conversation we're having, Jason, but that's the way basketball goes, and I still think it's a good basketball team and, and can get better, and, and we'll have a lot of success this year, but it was just uh, pretty disheartening, disappointing to have that happen again. And it is disheartening, but and I and I was having this conversation with with McKay Cannon. I don't know if you had an opportunity to hear that before before you came on, but you know we were talking about the fact that yeah, this team's coming off a loss, and yes, it was disappointing, and it's one that they they didn't expect to have, didn't want to have. Not that you want any losses, but this is a good team, like you were talking about. I do believe this is a better team than what we saw last year. So with that in mind. What do you think it's going to take for them to take that next step? I think uh, two things, and both were evident uh, against Pacific. One is uh, you need to be consistently tough. And this team at times is very tough, and the second half was tough. Fought back in it, but in the first half they got their butts kicked, and they just got pushed around. Pacific just uh, was more physical, more aggressive. And uh, was the attacking team, and BYU uh, was not. I mean, so it's not the BYU's not tough. They don't have tough guys. It's just you you better be ready to go because especially on the road, a team like Pacific, they think they can beat you, and they're excited about it. So you better come out and be consistently tough and, and uh, you know, smack them, smack them in the face right off. You know, punch them in the nose right off and say, tonight's not going to be the night you get your big win. You know, try try some other night. But... What BYU did was come out soft, and all of a sudden Pacific starts thinking they're Buster Douglas, you know, and they're gonna they're gonna take down the champ, and uh, and so then you're in a lot of trouble, and so that's one thing, consistent consistent toughness. The other is a more consistent and, and another score from the perimeter. Whether I don't care who it is, whether it's Peyton Dastrup, McKay Cannon, T.J. Haas, uh, Zach Selyus. You need someone besides uh, Elijah Bryant shooting threes. It's just too important in college basketball, and you, you need to be able to do that. Now, they've done that in some games. Some games they've really struggled. But you need a consistent alternative score to Childs and Bryant, and you need a, a shooter. And I'm hoping that uh, guys like TJ and Zach can warm up a little bit. I think that will make all the difference. You see the games where BYU shooting well from three, it's not even close. B- teams cannot play with BYU. And uh, when it's when they're just kind of trying to take away Yoli inside and putting a, a couple guys on Bryant, then it's tough. And you you've got to be able to hit the three in college basketball. And uh, I'm so those are my two big concerns for the team. I think if they can shore those two things up a little bit, uh, they'll continue to keep playing great. I mean, it's not like you know, we're talking about the Pacific loss, but this has been a good season so yes. far. And it's not like it, they're playing bad basketball and there's all kinds of glaring problems. But those are two that I see. Talking with Mark Duran, there's our courtside conversation from the Marriott Center here on Cougar Pregame Live. You mentioned Elijah Bryan. Without question, he is playing at a very high level. And maybe the the obvious answer here is his scoring ability. Uh, he's coming off 29. It's a season high. He tied that. What part of his game do you think has been most beneficial to this team this year? Because it's he he's, he's much more than just the scoring. Well... The three-point shooting, again, I mean, he's really been the, the only consistent three-point shooter on the team and uh, gets a couple a game, a couple three a game. And so that's important because you got to be able to stretch not only for Elijah's game to be able to 
stretch the defense, be able to get around his guy and get in the paint, but it, it clears the paint for Yoli and others and opens up the driving lanes because you really have to get out and extend on, on a shooter like Elijah. And I didn't expect Elijah to be as good a three-point shooter as he's proving to be. I mean, he is very consistent and very confident, can hit a shot late in the clock with, with poise and confidence. And uh, so I'm impressed with that. But I, I just think he, he poses so many problems because if you don't guard him with the right type of guy, he's going to hurt you, whether it's step back and shoot the three, if you try to guard him with a bigger guy, or if you go small, he can post you up or go to the basket. He's such such a great finisher at the rim. So uh, I don't know that uh, anything really surprises you about Elijah, but just, just the fact that he was injured last year, we didn't get to see his whole game. Now we're seeing it, and it's pretty impressive. He's been really, really good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's for sure. Uh, Luke Worthington coming off a pretty nice week. Uh, in the two games at San Francisco and Pacific, he averaged nine points. He also shot 83% from the field. Was that a matchup thing? Uh, because one of the things that I've noticed with Luke this year is he's playing from an offensive standpoint with much more confidence. Now, it, it may not you know result in 20-point in games, but uh, that was a really nice sign for BYU, I thought. I think Luke has played great this year. I mean, he's so you go on your scouting report, and Luke's down, down, way down the list. I mean, teams aren't saying how are we going to stop Luke Worthington, and it's all about Yoli, and and uh, but that helps Luke because he's able to do some nice things, and he's got an excellent, excellent jump hook. And if you're a big man, you get you just you just need one or two moves, and he's got a great jump hook. So if he gets the ball in the post, he's a threat to score with that jump hook. Other than that, it's not pretty. But he doesn't need to do anything other than that. He just needs to make layups and make a jump hook. And then the other things, if you want to play, you just play hard. You rebound. You play good defense. Don't make mistakes. Coach, if you do that for the coaches, you're going to get all the time that you want, and you're going to be able to get more minutes and, and score more. And all. But if you go out on the floor and, and a guy gets a rebound over you or if he scores over you because you missed a defensive assignment or you throw the ball away, you're going to get yanked, and that's just the nature of uh, sports, especially when you're kind of a lower-down-the-list guy. I mean, Elijah can turn it over, and he's not going to get yanked. But if Peyton or, or Luke or somebody does that, coaches ain't got no time for that, as they say, and they're going, to, they're going to pull them. And so Luke does a good job just working hard, not making a lot of mistakes, and making that little jump hook when it's there and being a threat so you can't completely leave uh, Luke for Yoli. And he's, I think he's playing great. I think he's been a nice surprise off the mission with how he's progressed, and he's a solid contributor. A minute or so more with Mark Durant, our courtside conversation tonight on Cougar Pregame Live. Pepperdine is another team struggling, um, and it was interesting to hear the coaches, both Coach Rose and Coach Schroyer, talking about the similarities between this team that BYU will face tonight and then the team that they played at Pacific. With that in mind, how much of a benefit is that to have played a similar team so recently when you go into a game like this tonight? I think it helps. Uh, yeah, like they don't shoot a lot of threes like Pacific. They drive to the hoop. They, they do a lot of the same things Pacific does. They don't. I think the big difference is they don't really have a, a dominating uh, presence inside and uh, I forget his name. <laughs> Greg would know, but uh, Pepperdine's had a guy that uh, has really caused problems for BYU inside. But Pacific had the big seven-foot guy that was blocking shots and was and kind of took Yoli out of his game, especially in the first half. And I just don't see Pepperdine having that. So if you're going to play that type of ball where it's no no threes and to put it on the floor and try and crash the boards, you better have some real 
big, strong, athletic guys. And I just don't think Pepperdine has that. They're so young, playing freshmen, and uh, maybe maybe that you know can transform their they can transform into playing that style of basketball in the next couple of years and be effective. But it it's really has not worked out for them much this year. I think they've lost seven in a row, and uh, and so. I, I think if you have that type of team, a smaller team, you better be able to shoot the three because uh, trying to bully people like Pacific did to BYU the other night, I, I just don't think that's going to work for Pepperdine in this game. All right, last thing and a little bit of breaking news, and you'll hear the entire conversation that we'll reference here coming up uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, Greg Rebell talking with the head coach of the Cougars, Dave Rose, but uh, Greg just tweeting out that there will be a change to the starting lineup tonight. Coach Rose is going to um, have Zach Selya start in place of Luke Worthington, so they're going to go a little smaller. Uh, Coach Rose, according to Greg's tweet, says we want to spread the floor a little bit, see if we can open up some spots for our guards and get Yo down in there where he's really good. Uh, your thoughts on the change in the starting lineup? So I like it for a couple reasons. One, it's going to give Zach some more looks. He needs to get a consistent to, you know, get five to ten shots a game and feel better about his stroke. But the other thing it does is, is you really have to guard him out on the perimeter. So he's going to bring that four man out. Now high low is going to be there for Yoli. It's going to isolate Yoli and, and free him up, whereas Luke is down there with Yoli and the defender comes to help. And Zach is a good passer from the high low. And also, when you're playing against a smaller team, uh, you know, the, it's going to spread the floor. But also, on de- defense, you can kind of switch everything, and it makes it easier on defense. So, I think it's a smart move. I don't know if it's long-term, but a- against uh, Pepperdine, I think it's a-, a good way to go. And maybe we'll get Zach a little more confidence in his shot. All right, Mark. Thank you for the time, as always. Great stuff. We'll hear you coming up in just a few minutes. Thanks, my friend. See you. There you go, Mark Duran, our courtside conversation from the Marriott Center. After a quick timeout, we'll check out some other scores in college basketball. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our exclusive pregame coverage of BYU basketball continues. As we rejoin the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Welcome back in. Just a few minutes more before we head over to the Marriott Center for the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel. Top 25 games. Nothing's officially started. In fact, the very first game will start at the same time as ours at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. That is East Carolina hosting number 5 Wichita State. Coming up a little bit later on tonight, number 15 Gonzaga hosting Portland, Oregon State at number 17 Arizona, number 19 Clemson at NC State, and then the late game, 11th ranked Arizona State hosting Oregon. Elsewhere in the WCC tonight, as I mentioned, Gonzaga hosting the Pilots. It is San Diego at Pacific. LMU will be hosting San Francisco, and the Gales of St. Mary's will take on Santa Clara in Santa Clara coming up at 9 o'clock Mountain Time. That, uh, by the way, will be where BYU will play coming up Saturday night. That is going to do it for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, over to the Marriott Centers, the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel. You're listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Time to get the inside scoop on today's game. We've got a lot of individual guys who have actually found themselves and are really contributing to our team. This is the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Now, let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Courtside Seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good evening, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome courtside inside the Marriott Center on the BYU campus here in Provo, Utah. Tonight, the Cougars once again in bounce-back mode, coming off a disappointing setback last Saturday in Stockton. BYU tonight plays Pepperdine, a team still looking for its first conference win. I'm Greg Grubel, joined on the headset by my broadcast partner, the former Cougar hoopster and beloved Ironman, Mark Durant. And uh, Mark, as much as we hoped and thought, BYU might this season be able to avoid the uh, lower tier letdown in WCC play. It happened again. It happened early. BYU's off to a 2-2 two and two start in the league after an 11-2 non-conference slate. Now, although it was a home setback, losing to St. Mary's, not a bad loss. So the Gales were on pace to be an NCAA tournament team, picked to win the WCC. But losing at Pacific was a blow to the postseason resume and quite a surprise to us. The good news is there's a lot of basketball left to be played. But clearly, uh, BYU got a wake-up call that we hope uh, leads to to improve play tonight and moving forward. Yeah, I mean, you, you can certainly learn a lot from losing, but uh, I never wanted to learn those lessons. Uh, yeah, losers learn those lessons. I want to learn the winner lessons. And I always liked it when we only won by one or two and we could learn some lessons without having to lose. But, but listen, like you said, I mean, yeah, St. Mary's is tough, but that Pacific's disappointing. And, and so one of the lessons that you have to learn is, hey, you better be ready to go against the physical team and, right out the gate because if you you know mess around with teams like pacific and any really any team in this conference they'll get confidence and then you're in a dog fight and then it comes down to the wire so that's a lesson you learn but what would have been a better lesson is is uh, just have a mindset already that we're going to come out and uh, play very physical and hard and not get down in the first place so yeah you learn some lessons but uh, i don't i don't like having to learn them i like winning and being the type of team that uh, doesn't need to learn lessons because you already have that incorporated in who you are and what you're about. And so I was a little disappointing to see that because I thought this team was a little bit more along those lines where yeah. they wouldn't have to learn those types of lessons. But here we are, and you just move forward and make sure it doesn't happen again. Uh, and, and I think I, you know, I'm still very optimistic about the season and about this team. I like this team a lot, Greg, but, but the reality is you're kind of where you've always been. And until they do something a little bit different, then that's just kind of <laughs> – yeah, you know, you, you, it's like they, we are who they thought they were unless they do something different. So I'm hoping to see them do something different the rest of the way. Well, Dave Rose is doing something different tonight, changing his starting lineup. We'll hear about that next as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from the Marriott Center on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Oh, a nice stutter step right to the rim. Flood score again. Just here, Harden. That was pretty. For more with head coach Dave Rose, let's rejoin your host, Greg Rubel. All right, coming to you from the Marriott Center ahead of BYU and Pepperdine. The Cougars 13-4 on the season, 2-2 two two in the WCC. The Waves are 3-13-0-4 in league. Pepperdine has lost five in a row overall. BYU's nine-game win streak has been followed since by two losses in the ensuing three games. In this series, the Waves have won four of six, but while BYU has particular trouble in Malibu, having lost four in a row there, the Cougars have won back-to-back games against the Waves here in Provo. In my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Dave Rose, in which he talks about a starting lineup change, he also talks about the, the Waves' style of play and how the last game at Pacific played out and how that might have been maybe good practice, albeit with a bad outcome. Yeah, it, it kind of causes quite a bit of anxiety knowing you're playing a team that's very similar to uh, to the team you just played, except may, maybe uh, Pepperdine's a little better shooting team from the perimeter, from the three-point line. Um, but they love to drive it, love to drive the gaps. They've got big, strong, athletic inside guys around the basket, and 
you know, we uh, uh, we didn't play our best against Pacific, and and I, I think that uh, hopefully we've got um, you know the, the 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 formula here where I mean we just can't play an average game. The the, the line of the, the margin is just really thin for us, and we're down some guys, but but. We have to play well to win, and we played really well at at uh, San Francisco. And I think our guys, we went through stages where they came at us and we came back. But I thought we competed well. I thought we executed well, and especially down the stretch, we were able to win it. And in the Pacific game, I didn't have that same feel with our guys. I thought that our execution, we left plays on the floor there where we had one guy going the wrong way. We didn't get we didn't get everybody together all the time. And then we left it to you know the last possession again and um, and came up empty. So hopefully tonight we understand that this team can't play an average game and and, and be successful in this league. We we have to play well, and uh, hopefully our guys are are dialed in to focus to do that. You're going to change up your starting lineup for the first time in a while tonight. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know the, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what's happening, but but the one thing that that I really feel strong about is the balance of scoring on this team. We have to, we have to improve our balance. We, you know, Yo and and Eli are taking such a huge uh, responsibility here, and and that's it's becoming easier and easier. We're becoming more and more predictable, and uh, and the combination of, of of Luke and Yo, I think. Uh, clogs things up a little bit we want to spread spread the floor a little bit see if we can open up spots for our guards to have a little more space to play it worries me a little bit because we've been so good defensively we've we've, we've kept the scores in in numbers where we normally win games you know uh but uh you know i i, I feel like we'll, we'll give this a look uh luke is playing so well and we're going to move him out of the starting lineup and so that seems a, a little bit odd but hopefully you know when we when he gets in there he can uh, just continue where he left off last week. Had one of his best weeks, uh, you know, uh, for us. And uh, so that, that's kind of what we're looking at. I, I need more space on the floor for our guards to be able to operate and uh, and get Yo down in there where he's really good and maybe draw two or three players and that'll open up some things. So um, we're just trying some things to, to see what we can do. Could a hopeful side effect also be maybe that uh, Zach gets turned on a bit? Well, that's that's you know you throw a little, you throw confidence at a couple of your guys you know they're going to play a little bit more and uh, you know Pate will play you know uh, in Zach's position. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks we get Dalt back and and we can sure up that spot with Zach and Pate and and uh, and Dalt and and then um, Luke and and, uh, and 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 Yoli can anchor you know that inside spot for us and then our guards all and then basically you know we we I'd love to have Ryland get a little more involved and get a little more confidence but you know the games there's there's just not a lot of play there and but 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 you know in foul trouble and things but I, I think that that uh, Eli and and uh, and TJ and Jasheer and McKay. And Rye are going to be our guys out there, and we just got to figure out a way to get, you know, everybody on the same page. Well, in conference play, uh, we've got three of the top five scorers in the league on the floor tonight. You've got Eli and Yo, and they've got this kid named Colby Ross, who in league is averaging around eighteen a game. And he's really playing well for a freshman. He's a guy that has come right in and and just kind of taken over, um, you know, that spot. They lost Jeremy Major and and and. Uh, the, the the other senior the, the kid that, that killed us all the time the son of the pro Lamont Lamont Murray Jerry yeah. uh, he uh, and and so you know they lose a lot of scoring and 
and he comes in and, and kind of jumps right in for him. They got another freshman who's really good. They got a junior that sat out for a couple of years who was the best three-point shooter at Nevada for the first couple of years he played there. So, that, you know, this is a good team. Uh, this is a bunch of good players that's trying to become a good team, and uh, hopefully we can we can hold them off a little bit here tonight. All right, Coach, best of luck against the Waves, and we'll talk to you post-game. All right, thanks a lot, Greg. That is Dave Rose and tonight's Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. The Cougar tip-off show is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's almost time to hit the hardwood. Shot and score! Dalton Nixon! Right to the rim, up and in the the Cougar Tip-Off Show brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by your local Utah Honda dealers. Now let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Courtside Seats and join Mark Durant along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again from the Marriott Center in Provo, where tonight the Cougars open a home road weekend with Pepperdine paying a visit. Tomorrow the team leaves town for Santa Clara, where on Saturday BYU will battle the Broncos. Greg Rubel, Mark Durant with you courtside. Our statistician tonight, BYU's sixth all-time leading scorer. How lucky are we to have this every game? A Russ Larson, our scoreboard studio, pregame, halftime, and postgame host is Jason Shepard. Our control board operator is Carter Malloy. And how, how lucky are we to have those two guys? All right, you're listening to us on the uh, new skin BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship is BYU Radio Sirius XM 143. Our terrestrial flagship KSL News Radio. We're also on affiliates on the network in Utah and Idaho around the world. Get us online at BYURadio.org, KSL.com BYUCougars.com, the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app the KSL app, the TuneIn Radio app, they all work for us. We're glad you're joining us tonight. Uh, BYU's Elijah Bryant and Yoli Childs are both averaging better than 20 points per game in league play. That's impressive. But unfortunately, they're the only two guys averaging in double figures in league. The third leading scorer is TJ Haas at 7.3 points per game. That's about half of what he averaged in league last year as a freshman. Now, not to put too much pressure on TJ, Mark, but seven points per game will likely not put BYU in the top three of the WCC. Yes, his rebounds are up, his assists are up, and he's a a heady player, good basketball player all around, but overall, he's a prolific scorer too, and that's what got him to BYU, and I think he needs to score more for the Cougars to realize their potential. What do you think? Well, here's my analysis of what's going on with TJ. Now, TJ grew up, Mr. All-World Everything. And he had the greenest of green lights his entire life. There was not a bad shot. He could take it from half court and everybody go, oh, that's a great shot for TJ. And, and had the ball in his hands. It was all TJ all the time. And now with the kind of the new style of play, it's like uh, pass on this shot. Let's get a better shot. And you know, TJ's still doing all the right things, doing, actually playing really good, but a couple things are happening. First, I think his stroke is just a little off, so you've got a confidence issue. But secondly, you can almost see it. When he gets a, an opportunity to shoot, you can kind of see him thinking, should I shoot this? Is there a better shot? Is there a better shot? Yeah. And he puts it on the floor, and he's like 15 feet away, and he's like, okay, I'm going to shoot it. No, is it the right? You can see the hesitancy, and, and he's never had to do that before, and he's wondering, if I miss this, is Troyer going to rip my head off? I mean, I was used to that. I, I, I always got my head ripped off, but he's not used to that. And so I think he's just kind of trying to find what is the right shot for me and when should I shoot it. And 
I think he needs to shoot more. Definitely, it's going to be his confidence that the team needs it, and he'll get you know get out of the slump a little bit. Definitely, they need his scoring to be successful. When we come back to the Marriott Center, the other side of the bench, my pregame interview with Pepperdine head coach Marty Wilson as the Cougar Tip-Off show continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Tip-Off show. Raise it up. No. The tip. No. The follow. Yes. Let's head back live to courtside. BYU and Pepperdine coming up at top of the hour after Gonzaga and St. Mary's. The Waves have more wins over BYU than any other WCC team since BYU joined the league seven years ago. Uh, Pepperdine has really had BYU's number in Malibu, where the Kooks have lost the last four. This season's Pepperdine team is struggling as much uh, with health as anything else. Already 40 player games have been missed due to injury or illness. The Waves are led by a true freshman, Colby Ross, who's scoring 18 points per game in league play while averaging four assists per game as well. Head coach Marty Wilson now on having a rookie lead the way for the waves he has uh, he's been what we've needed for a while uh, as a point guard he's smart he's tough he's competitive um, he makes a lot of the right plays for freshmen to be able to score to be able to shoot to be able to finish in the paint and make decisions uh, he's he's been a joy of fresh air and he's eager to learn and he's got a great attitude everything is yes coach yes coach yes coach so uh we we enjoy having him and uh he's only just gonna get better and better and better and without cameron edwards right now he's what you need he is um and we need some other guys to to join uh join forces with them and we've talked about that we've worked on that and uh, i think those things will happen um we haven't been consistent with our lineup because of all the injuries that come and go so not trying to find that that niche of, of guys, that group of guys that are that are going to gel collectively, that's been the challenge. And he's been the, the one steady one. Uh, I think Eric Cooper is coming along that, that he's played uh, more and more games and more and more minutes. So uh, we need a couple of more guys to, to continue to do those things. Edwards was playing so well before he went down, and it was with a concussion. And this will make it eight games, I think, without him. And I guess the hope is week to week he comes back, right? I mean, yeah, we thought uh, when it first happened, we thought when we were going to Belmont, there was hope like a week and a half later that he was possibly go there or maybe the Weber game. And it's just continued throughout the uh, throughout the time, and, and mainly the headaches, and uh, just trying to figure out why he has the headaches for so long. And uh, he and I communicated last night. Uh, our trainer did as well. Uh, it seems like he's more upbeat and positive about his uh, his doctor appointment yesterday. And uh, hopefully, there's 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 something that the, that they feel they can do to uh, to alleviate the headaches and hopefully start getting him back in shape to ready to play. A more recent situation is with Nolan Taylor, uh, your big guy inside. I guess it was the Gonzaga game that really took him out, and he hasn't been back since, and he's not on the trip. Is that right? That's correct. He uh, Actually, his shoulder, I believe, was at Belmont. It popped out, um, and I didn't know it. It was towards the end of the game. He came out. Uh, he was coming out anyway. Uh, I didn't find out till after the game, and uh, we braced it up. He saw the doctor, did some rehab, and, and played uh, for, for the next game. And uh, or the next couple of games, and then it popped out again. So, uh, again, he had a doctor's visit yesterday back home and uh, got some good news that there's no extensive damage. There's no more damage uh, from the first uh, MRI. So uh, hopefully he can rehab and, and possibly work his way back into uh, to getting back on the court as well. 
Artie, BYU, a team you've beaten now in four of the last six meetings. Yeah, but tonight's a different night. Uh, we have to continue to do the things that uh, that has allowed us to, to be successful. I know they're playing different. Um, they're not playing as fast-paced as they had been. Uh, we've done some research. One of my assistants, John Empleman, who has a scout uh, research, I guess they were in, like, the top seven in terms of pace of, of getting shots up in the last few years. Um, and now they're in, the, like, the 200 yeah, range, which yeah. is, is, is a huge difference. Um, and we've always had to hone in on that of getting back and finding shooters and, and our bigs having to get back. So that has changed, and hopefully it doesn't go back uh, different tonight. But I tell you what, the, the challenge of, uh, of, of Childs and Bryant, I tell you what, those two guys, are they're, they're tough. Uh, they can do things in a number of ways, so we have to hone in and make sure they don't just take over the game. Marty, as always, I appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck tonight. Safe travels. We'll see you back in Melbourne. All right, thank you. All right, that is Pepperdine head coach Marty Wilson. Time now for our UB the Judge feature, sponsored by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's tonight's BYU basketball trivia question. Last weekend at San Francisco, T.J. Haas made his 100th career three-pointer in his 50th career game, becoming the fourth fastest BYU player to reach that 103 plateau. So who got to 103s in the fewest games? The answer coming up next as the Cougar Tip-Off show continues live from Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Tip-Off show. Haas will drive it, give to Yoli. Yoli with the thump and another and one opportunity. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel at courtside. All right, so getting you prepared for BYU and Pepperdine. First up, the answer in tonight's You Be the Judge trivia question brought to you by Legally Mine. Last weekend at San Francisco, T.J. Haas made his 100th career three-pointer in his 50th career game, the fourth fastest BYU player to reach that plateau. So who got to 100 threes in the fewest games? What do you think, Mark? From now on, anytime it's a three-point question, I'm going to just say Chase Fisher. Chase Fisher, 34 games to get to 100. He's the fastest all-time. Nick Emery's second. Terrell Leday is third. And then T.J. Haas. Cougar Tip-Off show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Tip-Off Show rolls on. Touch pass, Celius, three. Got it! Zach Celius makes it a one-point game. Let's head back live to courtside.
Time now for the Timpanogos Regional Hospital Injury Report. The Timpanogos Regional Hospital Emergency Room is prepared to treat injuries of all kinds close to home. Just text ER to 23000 for current ER wait times. On the shelf after a second knee procedure, Ryan Andrus, uh, Braden Shaw dealing with a re-sprained ankle, and Dalton Nixon off that... Uh, uh, stress reaction in his foot. Should be back in a week or two, the hope is. Tip-off is coming up next along with our starting lineups. This has been the Cougar Tip-Off Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.